Welcome back, everybody. How is your week? Mine? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, let me back up a bit, actually. Uh, just so you know how the show works. Uh, I write down topics that I want to talk about. And uh, and by the way, this is, this is how my life as a foodie worked. It's a formula that I've tried to perfect for like 14 years now. So anyway, so I have a topic list. And if I have a one-liner I want to include, maybe a point I want to make, I'll write that down so I don't forget it, right? Then I'll rehearse the show a couple times so I kind of know what I'm going to say, how it's going to flow. All right. So, um, okay, got all that, right? All right. Well, up until yesterday at about six o'clock, I was going to say that I, I hadn't confirmed my appointment for COVID vaccine. Then around six o'clock, that shit happened. And I kind of have to hurry here because I've secured an appointment for mid-afternoon. And I had to tell you something. This was a royal bitch. I mean, Orange County totally fucked this up, man. I wasn't eligible until the first. But then a lot of people were like cutting in line and getting in somehow. And then Biden comes out yesterday and starts saying shit like he wants every state to open up to everybody by uh by the nineteenth, and I'm like, well, what the what, what the fuck, dude? It's hard enough already, bitch. I mean, I'm fighting for my life over here. I was refreshing pharmacy websites every fifteen minutes, trying to secure a spot, obsessing about it. You know, thank God for my family. Uh, they stayed on it. They they told me this is what you need to do: do this, then do this. Yeah, I swear to God, I haven't tried this hard to get into a girl's pants, <laughs> but I have an appointment now, three o'clock today. And uh, I need to finish this, and I'll, I'll edit after and all that stuff. Uh, all right, so here we go. Your good buddy Philly is about to enter phase one of being vaccinated. And uh, I will be vaccinated by the time you hear this. And listen, my heart goes out to the strange woman who I've yet to meet who gets her first hug by an absolute stranger. <laughs> but let me guarantee you, uh, it's going to be a good one. All right? I'll pull a Biden on you. I think I got a good show for you. A little sports, a little politics, uh, and a really good story that I want to share, but I'm going to save it for the end. Right, so, you know what I like to do for fun? Uh, used to drive my wife nuts. I'll be watching a movie, and I'll notice where someone missed the opportunity to say something funny. Like, they just left it open. So I'll pause it, and I'll add a little of my own screenwriting to the scene, Right? Or I'll guess the next line of dialogue, and usually I'll get it right. I'll say it before they say it. It's a writing exercise. Anyway, when uh, when adding my own dialogue was funny, it worked. It was great. But after a while, it ceased to be funny to her, and I started to ruin it, so I had to stop. But now, I'm back on the train, and that shit's always funny. Like, I'm watching this uh, this comedy, and this couple who had been dating for a while finally they decide to do the dirty dance, right? So she takes uh, she takes her top off. You know, he's seeing her tits for the first time. And they're you know, cute, you know, B-cups, you know, kind of nice, manageable. He doesn't say anything. He's just in awe that he's seeing her naked for the first time, right? 
So, of course, I pause it and I go, uh, oh, wow, those are nice. They real? <laughs> you know, it's funny to me because she's got their B cups. Of course, they're real. Dope. Who's going to get implants upgraded to B cups? I mean, this guy probably hasn't seen a naked pair in his life. But all he's heard, about, you know, is breast implants from his douchebag friends. I do notice that I, I, I talk to the TV a lot. And this is nothing new. I mean, I've always done it. I got it from my mom. But I notice it more because I'm the only one in the room, right? And I, I got to like be really careful. If I hear my neighbors outside or if I hear their door slam, I got to keep my voice down. Because I'm, I'm waiting for them to ask me who I had over for company the other night. And I'm yelling at him. You know, you stupid motherfucker. She's totally into you. You can't see that? You're going to just say no when she invites you up to her apartment. Stuff like that. I like to scream at sports. So the Derek Chauvin trial is in its second week now. I'm watching highlights on the ABC News app every night. And uh, it's pretty compelling. Some of it's kind of boring. But the first week was heartbreaking. I mean, the old man who watched it all go down, it's kind of like the, the godfather of the neighborhood. He broke down and cried. And then his girlfriend, who he uh, suffered through his addiction to opioids with, you know, she was really sweet. She breaks down and cries. And then the body cam footage of the entire ordeal from the time they got to the scene to the time it was over. It was all just damning stuff for the defense. I mean, right now, it just seems like blow after blow for the prosecution. I think it's going to come down to the next two weeks because they'll start to bring in medical professionals and coroners and stuff. But the defense's case is that George Floyd died from an overdose of mixed drugs, which you know, was listed as part of his cause of death by the uh, counter uh, by the the county coroner's office. But number one. On, because they had two autopsy reports, right? So number one on both of those reports was that he died of asphyxiation because of a lack of, lack of oxygen due to police submission. And a lot of the stuff, hard to watch, man, because George Floyd wasn't a bad person. I mean, he had demons, of course, and tried to get over them. And, you know, he had a record and he did pass a counterfeit bill. He wasn't a saint. But in spite of all those transgressions, he was this gentle giant of a man. And the whole thing just kind of stinks. I watched the full body cam footage from start to finish. And look, if, if I were a juror, I would take into account that he wasn't following instructions from the start. He, uh, you know, that stuff makes cops nervous enough to cuff you. I didn't think it was necessary for the officer to pull a gun on him. And make him cry. You know, please don't shoot me. I have kids. He didn't want to get into the back of the squad car. He said he was claustrophobic. And he was certainly high as fuck on drugs. He was lit. And once he did get into the squad car, started saying, you know, I can't breathe. He was doing that before he was on the ground. He was saying, I can't breathe. And once they had him face down on the ground, it... <laughs> More than likely was not necessary to put your knee on his neck with all your weight. Because there are three officers all putting their body weight on this guy. He's not getting up. And you sure as shit 
didn't need to keep your knee on his neck after he stopped resisting and then eventually went to sleep. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll wait to hear from the coroners and the medical professionals, but right now, I'm leaning guilty. My brother Chuck had a funny line. He says, it's okay for Chauvin to take a knee, but Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> anyway, if, if, you, if you watch any of the testimony from the officers uh, from the Minneapolis Police Department, you'll see true humanity and professionalism there. I mean, that department is solid. And it serves as an example of other departments across the country who are equally as solid. They just need to weed out all the bad cops and be a little more attentive when you start to see behavior like Chauvin's. Don't let it go. Stop it before it gets to this point again. Because it's getting old. So the NC2A tournament's finally over. That went out with a whimper, if you ask me. Baylor dominated Gonzaga wire to wire. No one had done that. Chuck and I were texting almost nonstop through the tournament, you know, which was cool for me because it was like we were watching the games together because we've, in, you know, we've always done that in our lives. And I actually, I didn't finish too bad. It was like 86% in the uh, ESPN pool. So I had two of the final four. I picked both the championship matchup. I picked that. But, you know, again, failed to pick the winner. Gonzaga had not lost a single game all season, but almost lost to UCLA in the Final Four. And if you didn't see how that game ended, go to YouTube or something, go back, watch the last 60 seconds of that game. Single best basketball game I've ever watched in my life. And you can rest assured, I've watched close to a thousand games in my lifetime. And I'm not joking about that. Nothing in sports beats a walk-off or a buzzer beater. I don't care who you may have had in that game. You got to admit, man, that was a classic. Hey, can you believe the first Lord of the Rings movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, is 19 years old now? 19. If that movie were a chick, it would still be too old for Matt Gates to date. <laughs> that dude's in a potential world of shit. He's this congressman from Florida. Actually, he's a congressman from Crazy Town. And forget about his party affiliation for a minute, all right? <laughs> this is a, a nonpartisan issue when it comes to this. He's being investigated for recruiting and paying underage girls for sex. And for the longest time, I must not have been paying attention because I'd see this guy, I'd see his picture, or I'd see him on TV. I thought he was Billy Graham's grandson or something. He looks like Billy Graham. Do you remember this guy? He was an evangelist. Really popular decades ago. My mother idolized him. But Graham had the face of a crook to me, which makes complete sense. Seems like all politicians have that crooked look, you know, when I see their photos. I don't care which side of the fence you stand on. Politicians are all used car salesmen. And I'm all about due process, all right? So I'm not going to read too deeply into this stuff. We don't know anything. If he's found guilty of doing this, or if he comes out and admits it, or pleads out, then I'll fucking hang him. But every time I've seen him speak, he seems like an angry nut with their conspiracy theories and stuff. He's one of these QAnon dudes spouting all kinds of crazy shit and his supporters. They're all getting behind him on it. But then this comes out and they're like, well, let's see how it pans out. You can't believe everything you hear. 
<laughs> okay. On this, right? Yeah, I get it. All right, understand. But man, like the GOP are distancing themselves from this guy. His longtime aide resigned. You know? Said, fuck this noise later, dude. This looks bad. Even Trump has been advised to stay away from the whole thing. I think they quoted Trump as saying, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. It sounds like he's got a lot of explaining to do. Dude, if a guy who should be your ally, who was a known womanizer and paid strippers hush money to keep his affairs with him private, if he's saying that he won't get near you with a 10-foot pole, bro, you're in a world of hurt. I just like how people like this, who they'll end up having this mountain of evidence against, they'll bitch and moan about being targeted because of their political party or their skin color or their sex. I mean, look at uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's partner in crime. They've got her in a holding cell until, you know, while she awaits trial. Now she's saying it's sexist. Gates, if they find all these accusations to be true, he'll say that he's being targeted because of his party affiliation and that it's a witch hunt. Dude, there are a lot of creepy fuckers like you who do shit like this and end up being convicted of it. Are they being targeted because of something? You ever seen the mug shots of these perverts? They look like every villain in every crime movie. Unshaven, crazy eyes, you know, hair that looks like they've been sleeping under a, an overpass on the freeway. Just because you're clean cut and handsome doesn't make you not guilty. And the same with Maxwell. What, because she's a woman? This is sexist? Girl, you're in every picture with Epstein, alongside some very famous people. What are you going to say? You hardly knew the fucking guy? Please. What's going to be interesting is to see which of these two get off, because I suspect one of them is getting off, and it's not going to be Maxwell. You know, I think political pull is very powerful. But then again, what do I know? I just know that when the party you belong to starts to distance themselves from you and your longtime aide bails and more and more evidence comes out against you that makes you look suspicious, you're kind of screwed. And if he does, it's going to be because he's getting special treatment. Maxwell, she's just a flat-out bad individual. Look at how many people or how many women are accusing that quarterback from Houston, Watson, one after another after another. I think it's up to 22 now. But I don't know. Look, when women come out against athletes, I tend to believe the women. And now it seems like Nike believes them too because they just canceled their contract with him. If you know anything about college sports, that shit happens a lot there. And the stories get buried. Or there's a backdoor settlement with the accuser. And if you think I'm bullshitting, watch the documentary The Hunting Ground about the Florida State Seminoles football program. How they buried over 20 cases of sexual assault by the football squad. Just sickened the hell out of me and made me dislike Jameis Winston even more than I had before. When the movie ends, my wife turns to me and she goes, well, the girls are never going to college. So yeah, Chuck messages me the other day asking me what I thought of Major League Baseball's extra innings rule that went into effect last year. If you don't know what that is, when a game is tied after nine full innings of play, each team is given an advantage They'll, in the 10th inning. They'll be able to start um, their half of the inning with a man on second base. What this does is it gives the batting team a chance to score a run with a base hit or two 
if he hits a dinger. And then when the other team comes to bat in the bottom of the 10th, they're given the same opportunity. And I I think baseball put this new rule in place to give teams a chance to kind of end games quickly. Because I don't know about you, but, you know, I actually like the rule. I mean, baseball games can be a little too goddamn long sometimes. I mean, you, you watch a game going to 14 innings. Oh, it's laborious. Chuck thinks all these rules in sports that give teams the, an advantage destroys the integrity of sports. And it's unfair to the records in history. Like, you know, imagine how many relief pitchers in history who had to really work hard, masterfully end games and extra innings. Now they're going to see their records fall to relievers who are getting an advantage. And I brought up college football's overtime rule. You know, each team gets a shot at a touchdown in overtime from uh, the 30-yard line. Same thing. He's like, yeah, I don't like that either. Make them start at their own 20. It's unfair. You know, no one likes a tie. But I say, bring back the tie. And to hell with overtime, unless it's a playoff game. The problem with baseball, as George Carlin once said, is that it's the only sport that isn't timed. We don't know when it's going to end. And he's right. Football, basketball, hockey. It's a specific amount of time for the game to be played. And I think that's why baseball games take so long. You know, at least basketball gives you the, a shortened overtime quarter to finish up. In hockey, you're fucked, though. You get a face-off in overtime, and you play a full quarter or a full period until someone scores. And whoever scores first wins the game. Sudden death. Perfect name for that overtime rule. But even if you lose in overtime in hockey, you still get a point for the loss because you took it to overtime. Well, the winning team gets two. And that's the whole, you know, everyone gets a trophy mentality. So imagine if this is how it worked in the real world, right? Imagine they, they found Chauvin guilty and sentenced him to 10 years. But the judge, you know, is going to shave a year off because he's had to endure public ridicule and threats since it happened a year ago. And maybe another year because he got fired, lost his job. And oh hell, you know what? We're going to go ahead. We're going to take another year off for good measure because you didn't eye fuck any witnesses during the trial. You're a good boy. So seven years, we'll let you out in five if you behave yourself when you're locked up. Because they do that, you know. You get a 20-year sentence. And if you don't get into any trouble, you can get out of there in like 16. Or to make it even worse, what if, let's say they appeal the conviction, right? They find him guilty, immediately go to the appellate court. That's like overtime in sports. And they still find you guilty, half off your conviction. Trump, you know, claims that the election was rigged. Over 70% of Republicans believe this. Now, imagine they let him stay in office until they're able to look into this and prove otherwise. Overtime rules in politics. These are all unfair advantages, real-world examples. If everything else worked like the everyone-gets-a-leg-up approach, simply because you're trying to speed up a game. Baseball, just put a time limit on games. Two and a half hours from the first pitch. You finish the inning, you have a clock for the pitcher, right? He's on a clock. You finish the inning, you're in when the time is up. If it ends in a tie, you get a tie on your record. You watch ratings go through the roof if you start timing baseball games. And now, baseball, you know, they pulled the All-Star game out of Atlanta 
because of the new restrictions that Georgia put on voting. Now, Georgia's saying this is about election integrity, but there's really bad optics because the people it affected were, you know, black precincts, mainly black areas of the state. That's who got hit the hardest. But didn't they already tell the previous administration that they found no proof of voter fraud in the election in Georgia? And that's what pissed Trump off? So now they're going to restrict access to mail-in ballots. They reduce drop boxes. You know, they cut it by two-thirds, I think. But this is where it got me. And this is where I realized that this was just cruel. Why on earth would you throw extra gas on the fire by disallowing volunteers to give these people food and water? Uh, these people have, are now going to have to drive further to get to a precinct. They're going to stand in line. Some of them are standing in line for two and a half hours, you know. It just sounds cruel. It's shameful. I mean, we just broke records for voter turnout. Now there's this push to suppress minorities from voting. So yeah, Major League Baseball is going to punish them. Hit them where it hurts, right in their pocketbook. They gave the game to Colorado. I'm not sure that's going to mean jack shit to Georgia, to be honest. I just don't understand the water and food thing. If they hadn't thrown that in, I'd have maybe looked past the rest of it. But that was like a knee on the neck of Georgia voters. You know, I made their point loud and clear. If you're a black person in Georgia and you vote in a majority black area, you're going to go through hell if you want to get your vote in. And we don't care if you're hungry and thirsty. Bring your own water. Hey, speaking of Georgia, the Masters starts tomorrow. You want to talk about the biggest display of the racist South, Augusta National. I remember when Tiger won that tournament for the first time. There were some really pissed off white people in that state. People lost their minds. I mean, at Augusta, you had black caddies on the course, not golfers slipping on that ugly green jacket. You'd have thought America had voted in a black president you know, and they had to wait another 10 years for that. But Tiger, he set the table. Anyway, the timing of what Georgia just did could not be more fitting. Here's this notoriously racist state laying down a, a, a piece of what looks to be racist legislation right before they get the limelight for the next four days on national TV. Hosting, you know, which is a, historically it's a racist sporting event, golf. I mean, it's dominated by white people. And Augusta is... It's the white boys club, man. I thought really hard about how the PGA could produce some revenge fantasy porn against the Masters tournament, but I came up with nothing. There was no time to start a Black Votes Matter movement. Tiger's not playing. Not that I think he could have really competed. The only other golfer of color who could do real damage is Tony Finau, but I think he's got a slim chance. And there's way too much money on the line for NBC to take any kind of stance and, and not broadcast the event. I mean, that's a money maker. Maybe some fans at the event can blurt out some shit, you know, telling Georgia to get their shit together. But golf's so white. I saw a player being interviewed. I can't remember his name. Some white kid. And when the Black Lives Matter movement was really gaining some steam, he wrote Breonna Taylor's name on his shoes. And... He had golfers were coming up saying, who's that? Like, had no fucking clue what was going on. So, anyway, the Masters. And think about that too for a second. Didn't slaves call their owners Master? 
Yeah, Georgia. Do I have listeners in Georgia? If I do, I'm sorry, but I don't know about your state sometimes, man. You know, every generation always talks about the good old days, right? How things were better back when they were younger. Our parents would do it. And in hindsight, they were right. But we didn't believe them. Because, you know, for us, things are great. Now we're looking back and saying how great the old days were. And our kids are going to disagree. Things are great right now. Get the internet, cell phones, home delivery service, Amazon, TikTok, social media. I think our society has been slowly taken apart generation by generation by consumerism and corporate greed. Are any of you old enough to remember when you'd go to a theater or the drive-in and they'd show a cartoon or two before the movie started? That ended sometime in the 70s, I'm pretty sure, but I remember that happening. Now, you, know, you get to the movies early and you're going to watch commercials nonstop until the lights dim. Then they're going to show 10 trailers for movies and infomercials, you know, telling you to silence your phone or promoting the, the Regal Cinema's uh, membership program. Then they'll show the movie, turn the lights back on and push you out as quickly as they can right toward the concession stand on your way out. I miss things like those stupid cartoons before a movie. It was an experience. Yeah, now the only movies that have cartoon in front of them are like Pixar movies, which are essentially cartoons, right? And I had so many miserable experiences at the theater that I became just really complacent. And I just, I'd wait for the home release so I could watch it in peace, my nice big flat screen TV. And if I want a popcorn, I make it myself. But we're constantly being sold shit. And our privacy is being robbed. So, you know, companies can know if you might be a potential customer and market stuff to you that they think you'll like. It's all noise. I don't know how anyone is going to look back at this generation and say, man, those were the good old days. The only thing good about what's going on right now is that porn is free. Outside of that, it's a steaming bag of shit. Yeah, so one of the things I like to do on weekends is head down to the center. I sit, read a book. Uh, enjoy. It's just nice to be outside. I, I like hearing people talk and I do some people watching. You know, because it seems like everyone's coming out of hibernation and it's kind of exciting, right? So there's this cafe there. There's a couple other restaurants, a movie theater, and you can sit in these cushy chairs in the courtyard. There's free Wi-Fi if you need it. And uh, it's just nice. Anyway, so I'll read a couple pages, then I'll look up and watch people, then I'll read some more. So I'm reading along this past weekend, and I notice this dude, he's around my age, maybe a little older, I don't know. He walks up to the set of chairs and table like across from me, and uh, sits down, starts looking at his phone. Ten minutes go by. I figured, you know, this, this guy's probably doing the same thing I am, just hanging out in public because it's nice to be able to do that now. But it got interesting really quick. He was meeting a girl for a date and apparently it was their first meetup. So he stands up and I see her coming towards him. Now, I've never seen this happen before in real life. Right? They hug, they greet each other. Then she starts looking him up and down, right? Sizing him up. She says, take off your sunglasses. So he takes them off, right? And, he's, and she just looks at him. She goes, all right, you look a little different in your pictures. 
I'm thinking, holy shit, this is going to get ugly. So they start in on the simple stuff, right? And I don't know where they met. Definitely like a, a dating app or service or something. Maybe they didn't talk a whole lot on the app because the typical questions are being asked here. You know, the, the standard stuff. What do you do? Where do you live? What do you like to do for fun? You know, were you married before? You got any kids? Basic stuff that usually you get that stuff out of the way when you're first introduced, right? Then again, I don't know. Maybe it was a setup, blind date. Who knows? All I know is that my butt cheeks were clenched for this guy for about like the first 15 minutes because she seemed to be interrogating this guy pretty rough. And she wasn't all that either. So I don't know what mirror she's been staring into. But when I'm, you know, if I'm on a first date or I meet someone for the first time, I look for the earliest opportunity to break the ice with, you know, humor. Loosens the other person up a little bit and lets me know if they've got a sense of humor or not. Because if they don't, and it's just all serious stuff, and we're not making it to the first cup of coffee. And you got to be prepared to laugh if you're going to hang out with me. But there were no laughs in their conversation. Just pure grilling each other like it was some kind of job interview. Didn't seem enjoyable to me at all for either one of them. I mean, is that what you want? You want serious conversation on a first date? I don't know. Maybe they were both serious people. I don't know. It just didn't seem to be much of a spark there. Not very romantic. And excuse me if I sound like I was eavesdropping. These knuckleheads were sitting right across from me. All right? So if they wanted privacy, they could have moved someplace else or lower their voices because I could hear everything. I got there first, right? And I'm reading the diary of Anne Frank too. So it's a few minutes of their, you know, conversation and then 10 diary entries of this little girl talking about, you know, how much life sucks or family has to go into hiding from the Nazis. It was a real page turner, man. But I swear, if I were him, in that, in that conversation was going on with me in it, I would have picked up my book and just start reading it right in front of her. You know, until she like just got up and left. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I boring you? Mm, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're making me wish I was hiding out with Anne Frank and her family right now. That's what's happening. You're super critical of how I look. You've said nothing of any interest to me in the last 10 minutes. I, I've seen you smile twice. Laughed not once. Ripped your ex-husband a new asshole for cheating on you, which was way too much information for me on a first date. And I find myself fantasizing about being back in my car driving home. And that's why dating sucks the older you get, man. You've been through some nasty shit, most likely. Everyone's bringing a lot of baggage with them. And that's cool. Look, everyone has it. But, you know, make up for it a little by being interesting and fun. You know, they say in, in every life, a little rain must fall. But uh, this woman needed a, an extra large umbrella. The men are creeps, though, man. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard from women who have gotten scammed on dating apps now. Two in the last year. Women I know. One was almost scammed. All right. I think someone tipped her off about the guy before she got too serious. She posted a picture of this dude on Instagram one day. And I'm like, ugh. Middle-aged dude with a, you know, meat face, hair slicked back. He's wearing clothes that makes him look like he's trying too hard to be fashionable. You know, those designer jeans that have all the patterns in them and stuff. The $250 pairs that they sell at Nordstrom. Yeah. I've always said, man, if I was a woman, I would not date dudes. No way. But the cheating thing. When she said that, I was just like, oh, no. 
You don't ever talk about that stuff on a first date. In fact, you save that for much later. After the relationship's established, you know, and you've banged a bunch of times. Never disparage an ex as a first impression. Makes you sound vindictive. And now he's going to wonder why your ex-husband cheated on you. Was it him? Or was it you? Are you bad in bed? Yeah, do you have a low sex drive? Was he miserable being around you? None of those are excuses for cheating, by the way. All right? But usually, those are the reasons that people will say led them to cheat in the first place. If you ever wonder why your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend has stopped wanting to be intimate with you, it could have a lot to do with other aspects of your relationship outside of the bedroom. But don't put that thought in his head when you first meet him. No, save that story until after you're, you know, you've convinced the guy that what an animal in the sack you are. You broke his bed and his penis. Then you can tell him, right? So he can think, what an idiot. Who would ever cheat on this woman? She's amazing. This is almost too much sex. My balls want to go on vacation. All right, that was my list of topics for the week. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in any of the music that I play on the show, follow links to buy the music for the individual posts uh, on each episode. Go to filmagash.com forward slash inane and then go to the episode that you like the music in. My apologies to Dave for putting him through the ringer last week. That was tough. All right, I'll see you guys all next time. Ciao.